0: Hey, everybody, I just wanted to go ahead and put this up first before the episode real quick. uh, Subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. Thank you, everybody, that does subscribe. Again, really appreciate it. Just quick uh, producing note. I wanted everyone to know that in this episode, I reference a few time frames. I'm just a little off. uh, When we were talking about uh, me first hearing about Matt, I said, like, when I started listening to podcasts in 2006, 2007, I discovered Matt around 2011, so I was just a little off on my dates. I was drunk a lot back then, so sue me. Also, I reference uh, Patrice O'Neill, something that he had said. I said five years ago, just don't realize how old I'm getting, it was actually ten years ago. So don't email me or DM me or tell me how much of an idiot I am, I am very aware. Anyway, enjoy the episode.
1: Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. we about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes and please don't mix it up cause he didn't sober up, Brennan, T-Comedy on your social media feeds and Brennan Tassif, is your buddy. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking 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 buddy.
0: What's up everybody, welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. Quick rundown of the show. If you are new to the show, I am sober now, but one of my favorite things to do when I was out partying, doing drugs, getting in trouble was to hang out with friends and shoot the shit, share funny stories and just be an overall great drinking buddy. Again, I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. So that's what this podcast is all about. I will sometimes do a solo show, but every once that's just every once in a while, I will mainly be joined by a guest and today is no exception. I am joined by the concierge, a.k.a. your baby's father, a.k.a. the full charge, Mr. Matt Fulcheron.
2: Wow. The, the intro was was quite uh, the, uh, the walk uh, down uh, memory lane. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: What's going on, man? You no,
2: know, the crab feast is almost twenty or 10 years ago. We started that. Yeah. Almost 10 years ago, God. which is crazy. The concierge. I don't go by much, but it's a cool nickname.
1: Yeah. I remember and baby's
2: father is kind of cool. I don't know. You know, I used to listen to so much hip hop. We just went with the A.K.A.'s. Yeah, and I was in charge of doing the intro at the crab fees. So <laughs> I would just, you know, that was a fun time because it was before we even knew what podcasts were, what they were. We definitely didn't know what they were going to become. Yeah. And we were in a unique situation where. We had like a producer and stuff. We had an ex radio guy. Yeah. Who's now a radio guy again was producing our show for better or worse. Um, f- part of for better was we didn't have to think about anything except for the content, which we really weren't sure what to do.
0: Yeah. And that but was we those pulled it off. awesome. Those, Yeah, those yeah. are awesome episodes because it's just it's one of my favorite things. And it's what this podcast is kind of turning into is just kind of like comics just hanging out or friends just hanging out and shooting the shit. And it's like yeah. a peek into their world. And I I thought that was so cool. And I originally because for the audience, um, I've God, I followed your career for over a decade now, because I remember originally hearing Tom with Chuck on Jay Moore's podcast, like the second episode. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this this is like 2006 or seven. I was like, oh, this this Tom Segura guy is really funny. Yeah. So then I went to your mom's house and like literally that week was the episode that you were on your mom's house. I think it was back in the. Silver Lake days are before that.
2: No, we lived. uh, I remember Tom came and picked me up because we lived a block away and uh, we went over to Red Band's house. It was filthy. Yeah. offense, Red Band. (laughs) I'm sure your situation's improved. (laughs) Uh, And I didn't even really know what we were doing. I think that was probably the first. It wasn't the first podcast I ever did. One time I did a podcast in, in Arizona. I was in Tucson and this just kept asking me he kept showing up to the show and i was like fine i'll yeah. do it and i went over and i just remember the in the trash can next to me i remember they were just like so unprepared and so unorganized and it was like like dude this is like my time
1: yeah exactly you know what i mean
2: we went over there and they were just like it took them a while to get set up and I then i sat down that. And there was a used condom in the trash can, uh-huh. like right to my left. And one of them ended up saying the N word. They were talking about Mel Gibson. So they were like kind of quoting Mel Gibson. But still, it was like, yeah, I don't want to can't. be a part of this.
0: <laughs> wow. Why am I a part of this? Welcome to podcasting.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it was also at a time when nobody fucking listened to podcasts. Yeah. And we're back there because now everybody has a podcast. So no one listens to podcasts again in a way yeah everyone has like three or four of their podcasts and the rest is just a sea yeah of you know you get listeners you get your listeners but it's almost like we're in um oblivion again yeah it's almost like we can say whatever we want again because nobody's paying as too much, much attention to listen yeah to.
0: yeah it's it's crazy because i remember when i started listening to podcasts it was like i said 2006 2007 and it was weird because I was in college at FAU and I was taking uh, I majored in political science and one of the classes was like political film and fiction. I don't know. It was something where we were talking about like different uh, streams, different mediums to absorb content. And I was like, oh, well, I listen to a lot of podcasts and everyone was like, the fuck's a podcast? <laughs> exactly. And I was just like, no, it's so cool. It's like radio, but it's it's the people you like. So you only listen to them it's
2: like radio, but really, really shitty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like nobody knew what it
0: was. And it's so weird. You fast forward and like Joe sells to Spotify for like 100 million and Bill Simmons sells the ringer podcasting to Spotify for like 200 million. And you're like, oh, this turned into something. And not then-
2: only that, even if you have a sh- TV show, they still like. So Nikki Glaser, yeah. she had the serious radio show.
1: Yeah, you up? She
2: still does. Uh, and I, I've lost track over the pandemic, but she also did a podcast called You Up. Like she would stay in the studio, I think, and do it like you have to do a podcast. No matter what you do, you still have to do a podcast, too. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And it's really bizarre because it's one of those things where listening to you guys back then and then obvious, like you are, Oh, I almost forgot. Plug everything up front. I'm sorry. We got into talking and then,
2: Oh, real quick. I'll be in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, April 24th. I'm really interested, interested in this conversation though. <laughs> Keep going.
0: Um, but we, um, but we started like when I started listening to podcasts all those years ago, it was just, it was bizarre because you think of something when you, when you hear like you, and uh, Tom and Christina and like people that I really look up to and admire as comedians doing this thing. And then like, you know, you fast forward. I, I started drinking again, like I can't get my shit together. I stopped doing comedy. But then when I got sober, it's like, oh, I I can do this, too. And so like mm-hmm. to start a podcast, it was it was bizarre because it's like now I have something tangible. Now it's not like, hey, do you want to fly to Florida to do a show for $200? Now it's like, hey, if you have an hour and a half, like we can. And so it was just it was crazy because when I was texting with you about doing the show, like I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, this is like I have like I used to listen, like still do listen to these people and like think like, God, man, I wish I could get to that level of comedy. And it's like, oh, yeah, you could just start a podcast. Yeah.
2: And and it is like. I don't know. It's your own thing. And it's great exercise, I find, because I'm a very scripted comedian. Yeah. But I like to see there's nothing better than uh, than like looking at my notes and there's like nothing. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Time to kill an hour. Yeah. And it just happens at this point. No problem. I remember as you're bringing up these earlier podcasts, I remember being very nervous just to do the crab feast because there was that producer there. Yeah. And we didn't know we had no experience with it. We had tons of experience with stand up, but just and we also had tons of experience talking to each other. Yeah. But it was new. I remember I I there was beer there and I had to like drink beer to relax.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. just I-
2: like I had to, I was like, I need I need a beer. Now, now I'm like, I better not have a beer before I do the show. You know, I want to concentrate.
0: Well, and it's weird, too, because I treat it, especially when I have local comedians from the Jacksonville scene in here. Sometimes I forget. Like, oh, this is like anyone can download this, like it's available everywhere. Yeah. And so I'll we'll be talking about like an open mic or like the I, I always say the different there's people who do comedy and then there are comedians. There's a difference. Yeah, um, right. And so I'll start talking shit about like, I'm like, I'm so pretentious. It's the fucking worst. You name names.
2: Did you name names?
0: Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I named this name and then I showed up to a show like a week later. And this guy, he books shows and stuff and he, he won't even look at me. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck's his problem. And then yeah. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, it, it's you know, it's really. It's really incriminating. Yeah.
1: And we really sure.
2: need to start taking this shit down after a while because you can get yourself in trouble for shit. You said six years ago. Oh yeah. At a certain point. I remember one episode I did of, of the full charge power hour and I pissed off two different people who are still fucking pissed at me. Really? And, um, and it doesn't need to be that way. I wasn't trying to trash those people. Yeah. But one thing was not even my fault. The listeners is the listener's fault. (laughs) I don't want to get to I don't even want to really say what it was because I don't want it to happen again. Yeah. But I was talking about someone and I didn't name a name, but they went and figured out. Yeah. They did research and went to trash that person and to make that person feel bad. Damn. And then the other person. You can't trust these internet people. They're yeah. animals. They yeah. They're still, you know what I mean? They 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 thought they were doing something to help me. Yeah, like having your back. Like they we were doing something to to hurt me and to hurt some other person, a completely innocent person yeah. who did something a little arrogant and a little stupid. Yeah. And um oh, she got she got trash, man. It sucks. And then this other guy is someone I used to work with Again, I'm being very careful because yeah, I dude, don't want to start. It's not a comedian. Yeah. It's not a comedian. So no one has to fucking find somebody I'm in a fight with, for Christ's yeah. sake. You don't know who this person is, but it got brought up on one one fucking, po- one fucking podcast out of the 500 that I've done. Yeah. And this person sends me hate mail. What? Yeah. And not just about the podcast.
0: Yeah. About like just just in general. How
2: are we going to trash Matt this email?
0: Jesus, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, dude. The internet has made it so it's not just some bad memory where if I said something stupid at a party, yeah, it's exactly. this existing can always be revisited moment that can, it can exist forever as if it's truth. Yeah. But it's not truth. It's something I said one time that got recorded.
0: Yeah. It's how I felt then. But then it's taken out of context or clipped up, or like it's just always
1: there.
2: Or if you're that person and you really feeling like you want to make yourself feel miserable that day, you're gonna go and listen to it and be like, "Oh, he yeah, said get all he did say up it all about over, over
1: again. Yeah. Is it
2: true? No, that can't be true. Well, maybe it's true. You know, they're gonna go through this whole thing, whereas you didn't even think about it, barely at all. Yeah. And so it's all. I really feel like I'm going to go and and take everything down one day.
0: Yeah, just scrub it from the Internet.
2: I think so, because you we see how and I feel funny even talking about it. Yeah, we see how people get themselves in trouble for things they did 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, that were completely unnecessary. They didn't say it. They said it on like in like a tweet. They weren't getting paid to write that tweet. They weren't getting anything from that tweet. It's it's all all harm in a way when it's taken dude i was watching a movie i was watching point break last (laughs) night the original yeah and um but you can look at a movie that was five years ago and the words they use are now derogatory like major derogatory words oh yeah like keanu reads who's the main character
1: johnny utah
2: yeah he says like the f word the other f word yeah the, yeah. offensive he, yeah, the, and, and the offensive F word and the R word. Like, I can't even I don't even feel
0: comfortable I, saying the, what he
2: said. I don't even feel comfortable quoting him. And it's in a movie that's on TV now. And and they don't really care, but it's it's become inappropriate.
0: Yeah. And it's weird because like I still work in the restaurant industry while I'm trying to get everything was like trying to, you know, do this with stand up. And it, it's bizarre because they're just regular people that I work with and I being, doing comedy for as long as I have and then like, like you said with podcasting and kind of seeing how the culture has shifted like People will drop stuff like that all the time at work and I'm like, whoa, like, whoa <laughs> But that's the thing and then like, they call me the f-word. They're like stop right, being so right. sensitive and I'm like <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm I'm I have some of the most Like dark offensive humor, <laughs> but like I don't say shit like that like <laughs> right. Well, see they think it's OK to talk
2: like that. And since they're being told not to talk like that, it makes them want to talk like that even even more, even though I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah, I'm the same. But way. on the other hand, I don't want to tell anybody anybody how to speak either. I th- I think I think honestly, we're nitpicking right now. Yeah, we're going to the symptom instead of the problem. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, that's but point. but if I wrote that on Twitter, Thanks for your opinion, white male. Yeah. And I'm not not criticizing that way of thinking either. Okay. I get your point. Yeah. I really do. But I also don't think what I'm saying is crazy. It's so fucked up. And that's what I mean. There's no fluidity to these, to social media. Yeah. At all. It's all permanent and it's all snippets. You're not looking at the person of who I am. You're looking at one thing I said, and it's yeah. fucked up, and i don't I do think this could very well be the future of civilization, and I think it's crazy I think we d- will get past the um the cancel thing that's going on, yeah, I think we'll get past it because we'll just get used to the context
0: yep, and well did you see um did you watch the documentary, the Patrice O'Neill documentary? No, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see that. Okay. But he um he has a really good point and I I love Patrice, especially his stand-up and stuff. I think some of it's super funny and uh but he had a good point. He goes, and this was, you know, 5 years ago, 6 years ago, probably even longer, but he, his point was just that you know, if you're straightforward and honest with people about who you are, it's a lot harder to cancel you over something you say. Yeah. Then if you try to act one way and then people find out that you said this other thing, then it's then it's like you have lied to, be, to us. You
2: have to be consistent. If you're yeah. consistent, you're okay. Yeah, like Eminem talks if, if about cons- it in
0: his new song. He's like, people try to cancel me all the time. Like you can't cancel me.
2: Right. Exactly. And as long as you're upfront about who you are, you already have that support. Yeah it's not like you're trashing the people you were pretending to be friends with. That's when you get in trouble.
0: Yeah. That's when people start to turn on you. I, you you brought up something interesting about how with podcasting and the internet, it it lives forever, but there are certain things that can happen that are just like a memory. that just like a snippet in time that you wish you could forget sometimes. Yeah. Um, I actually have a couple of those with you. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, but this is something that sticks out in my head all the time. Uh, But you came to Jacksonville to do a show. Uh, This was years ago. Um, Yeah. And you came to Rain Dogs and I got it because obviously I listened to all your different shows from the Craft Feast to Last Exit to Brooklyn to the Full Charge Power Hour. So I was so excited and I was like, hell yeah, Full Charge coming to Jacksonville doing Rain Dogs is going to be fun. So I invited people and I brought my mom. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but my mom got hammered. I think so. And was like draping all over you. And yes. She's like, My yes, son yes, yes, yes. loves you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. To- and I was like, what the fuck are you doing?
2: <laughs> Listen, man, you might have been embarrassed, but that was really nice of her. Yeah. Because, you know, you go and those 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 tours are tough. Like the um, triple
0: run kind of shows and all that. They
2: are tough because you have to. You're slumming it when you do those. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you have to put out of your mind that. You did this big show in Vegas last month. You have to show up and you don't know what it's going to be like. It could be like that show in Georgia you were talking about before we started the podcast where you don't know who's running it. You kind of made this handshake agreement on Facebook with somebody and you show up and those shows can be a lot of fun because the establishment isn't there. It's not a comedy chain. If you fuck up in this bar, if you have a bad show, that's it. It lives and dies right there. And you can be exceptionally obnoxious. And the expectations are kind of lower in a way. It's like those shows can be really fun, but they can also be just a big argument. So when your mom was... (laughs) drunk and giving me all those like accolades and compliments I, I that was like really nice for me okay to be honest cool. with you in fact I still remember it I don't remember much other than that that uh, about that night I remember yeah. the stage I remember the show and I remember I think I drank a little bit too much that night too uh, nothing crazy but yeah. I just remember how nice it was that um, that she was so nice to me to be honest with you
0: well, and it's weird because I have this. So I started comedy in 2009 in South Florida, and I I do you know I talk about it on stage a little bit, but it's like I did two open mics, and then I changed all my handles to Brennan T. Comic, like I'm a comic. Yeah, comic. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it it was bizarre because then when I moved to I came to Jacksonville in 2013 to go to rehab. So this is like you know four years I've been doing shows like on and off. You know how it is when you first start, sure. like. And so, um, but I was like, oh, okay, I still want to do comedy, and then it was bizarre because. Uh, I'd go see shows, um, like obviously that show, or like we, uh, my ex fiance and I used to go watch Segura when he was still doing Comedy Zones, like back yeah, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember I heckled him. Uh, <laughs> this, there's so much stuff that I've done looking back where I was yeah. drinking and I was like, yeah. "You piece of shit." But, well,
2: let me, let me, let me save you the trouble, and you would have done dumb shit even if you weren't drinking. Yeah. I mean, but, you you know, you just, you don't know how to, you don't know. Now you know how to behave. Yeah, exactly. But back then. But, I, but you didn't know, you didn't know the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, the etiquette. Yeah, in exactly. A way. And and you just liked Tom so much that you were
0: like, dude, I'm your boy. I'm your friend. I'm going to help you right now. Well, and that's so, it, <laughs> but it was with you. So he said, he started like a joke about like, um, yeah, I let a buddy of mine borrow a hundred dollars and I went full charge <laughs> and he, he, he stopped And he looked at me and he goes, what'd you say? And now I'm like sinking in my chair, which is exactly what you're supposed to. Like, call him out. Uh Right. I I looked. I was like, nothing. nothing." Like, I'm like, I'm sorry, Mr. Segura, nothing. And he goes, no, no, no. What'd you say? And I said, the full charge. And he went, Matt, no. And then he just kept going. (laughs) But it was bizarre because the reason I... The point I was going to make was that like because I had been doing comedy, I thought like, oh, we're all like and I'd listened to so many podcasts with you and him and Sickler and all these. so in my brain. It's like, oh, we're all buddies, like we're all friends. Like you forget. This is a one sided conversation. Right.
2: That is a weird element of of podcasting is and I do a lot of shows with Tom and Christina and some shows you do for their audience. And they're like, why are you doing a monologue? Like, they're not, they don't even want, forgive me, podcasting, but they don't even want this higher art form. I consider it a higher art form. Yeah, for sure. Stand-up comedy. They kind of just want some chit-chat and they kind of just want to talk to you. Some shows. Yeah. Most shows, they're like, all right, we're here for a stand-up show. We're going to see a stand-up show. But every once in a while, me and Tom will do a show. I'll do one of his shows. And then in the green room, he'll be like, that was a show full of people that, didn't really want to see a stand up show. They just wanted to kind of meet us and like have a conversation or watch us have a conversation. Yeah. Like a live podcast. Some people don't realize that stand up is different and no matter how loose you are, it's still very scripted if you're going to do an hour.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the the other weird thing about it too is that it's very similar to when comedians would get, you know, in the 80s they'd get the sitcom and then they would do the sitcom, get this big following. And then after they, you know, that was over, they would try to tour again. And all these people show up yes. to see the character that they played. But right. It's like, it's like, no, this is, this is different. Yeah. So, weird, I think podcasting is almost devolving into that.
2: I think the worst case scenario is uh, I think it's David cross. Like, uh, yeah. like he mentioned that in that one special make America great again, which I really liked came out before the 2016 election. And, um, he was trashing Donald Trump and it was it was taped in Austin and people were walking out and he's like, how do people not know what I do? How do people <laughs> not know what I do? He's like, did you you know, I think people are here to see Tobias. Yeah. Which by the way, the Men in
0: Black movies or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Men in Black. But but like Arrested Development, he plays Tobias. Like who would want to see a comedy show from Tobias from yeah, Arrested Development? the guy who showers like, in
0: his jeans? Yeah, that guy isn't very self-aware. Yeah.
2: You know, be, it's weird. It's strange. But we know it's going to continue to happen. And the thing is, podcasting isn't that different. Your podcast personality isn't that different than your stand-up yeah. personality. But your stand-up personality is much more of a competent professional who's going to keep going and do this act. Yeah. Maybe break down here or there. But there's a mission up there. There's a job to do. Yeah, this is and what d- I'm
0: up here to say in this is what we're going to say. And it's very much not like, Hey, we're riffing back. It's like, no, this is not an interactive show. Like, It's
2: it goes from casual goes from extremely casual to extremely professional. And there is a difference.
0: Oh they, yeah. There's a huge difference. I've noticed. It's
2: like when you go to see your buddy at work, you're like, who the fuck are you, man? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's weird. I, uh, I've told this story before. Uh, I had a friend of mine, Trevor Johnson told a, a real cringeworthy story about when he met uh, Kyle Kinane, um, which was funny. <laughs> but so I know the listeners have heard this before, but probably the biggest mistake that I have made before, like you said, before I realized the etiquette was thinking that I like was on the same level as like you or Tom or Christina or something. And I- I'll never forget this. But that same show where I heckled using you. Yeah. Um, afterwards, we go out to the meet and greet. And maybe it was the show before because I I, we saw him every time he came into town. Yeah. But the worst thing he could have done was he was so nice to me. Oh, yeah. Like we were in line and he goes, he points at me and he's like, hey, man, what's up? You know, what's up? This is Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hey, he's like, hey, come here. And I walked over. He's like, yeah, from Twitter. Right. Because we had been corresponding back and forth. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, thanks for coming out, man. Like, so courteous, so nice, which was the worst thing for me because in my addict, (laughs) drunken brain, I was like, we're best friends now. (laughs) And I would get hammered and like, I'm, I, I've done this to you. I, there's so many people I did this to, but I would get like drunk and at like two in the morning, I'd send like DMs like, hey uh, man, like right. so happy you're doing your thing. Like next time you're in town, maybe I can get up and get a five minute. Right, it's like, right, right. what the fuck are you doing?
2: <laughs> that's not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world because it is written text. Yeah. It's not like you're calling someone's phone or yeah, I've had people. True. Oh God, you don't even want to give people ideas, but I'll just tell you, fuck it. I've had people call my parents looking for me. What? Yeah. And it's like, you know, that shit's out of line. Yeah, for sure. You That's- don't have to look at your... Um, and by the way, comics need that. They need. They don't need the uh, ev- uh, uh, validation necessarily, but they do need fans. Yeah. To, to continue to make money, and you need to make money to tour, and it's really not the worst thing in the world to do. But... It is funny to think that all right I'm going to be so funny that I'm going to make this comedian laugh because the comedian's not looking for that from you. Yeah. The comedians looking for the way Tom was talking to you after the show was what he's looking for from you which is hey how you doing? Yeah yeah. Nice to meet you. Like there's no expectation other than than like when you're nice to him that's what he needs. Yeah, he wants to feel like everyone enjoyed the show. He he doesn't need to like laugh. And I'm not saying you did anything wrong, dude. No, no, no. no I'm but just telling you, like, and you know now, the comedian isn't looking for a laugh. The comedian's
1: like,
0: and it's, like, it's you know so weird. Since getting back into it and doing a lot more shows, like, because since like I I was telling you before we started recording, but the listeners know the story. Since I got sober again and I dove back into comedy, it's like this is my life now. Like, I you. And all the people we've been talking about gave me something when I was, you know, struggling real bad, which was laughter, you know, something yeah. to laugh at. Right. And, I, and so that's why it's always been a real big thing for me to always try to support those people who, whether you knew it or not, were there when things were like really, really bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I get that, man. Yeah. I, have, so, I have shows like that in my life. I have entertainers yeah. like that in my life.
0: Yeah. And so it was one of those things where when I got back into stand-up, I was like, well, if I can be that for anybody else, that's, that's my job is to give back. And I've had people reach out and be like, Hey man, like, so happy you started the podcast. Like people I used to work with, you know, obviously yeah. it's friends since we just started, but it's like, you know, I just got sober and this is like an inspiration. I was like, well, I never like, don't that, that's, that's a little much, but I it's a huge it.
2: inspiration just to see someone else do something that that person might want to do yeah. is, is huge because half the problem problem with drinking is you just want to fit in. You don't want to say no sometimes when someone offers you a beer. Yeah. And then if you're trying to have a clean slate, that one beer can escalate or that one beer can just ruin your perfect record that you wanted to build that momentum. Yeah. Um so it is inspirational just to do something that's difficult. Yeah. You're doing something that's difficult and people appreciate that.
0: Well, and that's and it's it's weird cuz it's like from that movie a road trip they say it all the time but it's like if it was easy it would just be the way like everyone right, would do it right 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 but i and that's the thing that it, it's it's always been fun for me to be in these situations because now i do so many shows now and it's some of them are a little irresponsible but it, it's this weird thing in my like literally like when people talk to me about it because what stand-up means to me and meant to me yeah um and still to this day means to me it's like i want to be able to do that that's why a lot of my material is not like club friendly if you know what i mean like yeah it's not i do like, know
2: and and i think that's good
0: yeah it's not like hey we're having a good time it's like yeah like um i have a giant scar on my forehead from when i got into a fight and i cut my own face open to prove a point like right anybody else crazy like or yeah, like yeah, i've yeah. got scars all over my body from when i used to hurt myself but i try to make that funny so people in the audience who may have gone through that or going through that same thing with my alcoholism it's like Oh, it's not like it's bad, but it's it's going to be OK. Like, yeah, but look it's at also it's
2: also your unique story, which you have to do no matter what.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's know, another have- big thing is because I have friends that and you know this from living in New York. I have a, a friend of mine who started comedy in New York. And when we were planning on moving last year, April 1st, we were getting ready yeah. to sign our lease and then the world <laughs> fell apart. But
2: fucking Best date in the world for you to get the rug pulled from under. Right. Yeah.
0: But we were, I had a friend of mine who started in New York and she said, Hey, Brennan, I just want you to know, like she gave me a list of all these open mics and it was super awesome. But she goes, I just want you to know, like a lot of comics, especially comics who are new to New York, talk about being sober, talk about alcoholism. She goes, so you have to be aware of that. That's not going to be unique to you. Yeah. She goes, but you do have stories that like my closing story is, me like it's it, it's yeah. a story that happened to me that I try to make fun and funny. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not like I'm worried about it, but I'm not that worried about
2: yeah, it. Yeah, both right? things are good. It's good to be aware, but it's also good to do what you want to do.
0: Yeah. And and so it's cause you have an interesting kind of movement through your career because you started you went to LA when you were young, and that's where yeah. you, you were gonna act. Um no, I was you, gonna write
2: actually. You were gonna write. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that crazy. <laughs>
0: But then you started doing stand up, and then yeah, you, know, I just, you you toured all over the world. But then you went to New York, but then you came back to LA, but then you went back to New York. Yeah. Is, so, yeah, break that down.
2: Well, the first time I went to New York, it was during a lull. You know, I just wasn't making enough money to survive there. Yeah. But I. In LA. Well, things were slowing down in LA. Uh, And I was like, I should try something new. I should should switch Uh, it up. I should switch it up. Not that things were terrible. It was just like, I had this big moment where I was touring with Daniel Tosh and I did my half hour special. And then it wasn't clear how my career was going to go because, you know, my career didn't catch on fire. It was like, okay, you did these good things. Great, good for you. Uh, Now you have to figure out, Kind of another like
0: that seems like a total mind fuck because it's just like
2: dude, it's just like locally.
0: It's like, oh, to get a half hour special, that's it. I'm made. But it's like, no, that's not how it works.
2: That's when you realize that eight million people have a half hour special. Yeah. And just like everyone has a podcast. Yeah. No, it's like it opens your eyes because and it's not your fault because you're led in that direction by your peers, but also by the industry. That and your manager and all this stuff. It's like, you get that half hour special, Matt, even Tosh, you get that half hour special, you're good. And I got it and I didn't even get like a booking agent.
1: Oh, wow. It was just,
2: you know what I mean? like, and it's not, I don't think people disliked it. I just think it wasn't enough to make enough people excited about me that they could make money off me. And so I was just kind of like, know kind of on my own i was in a better position in a way but i was also in a worse position in a way because it's like all right matt you it's like i graduated from college or something it's like all right matt now you got to get a job like now yeah now what you're on your own now and then you're offending for yourself and i really felt like i made something for myself in la and so i was going to go to new york every time i went to new york i really enjoyed it um but it's a different thing to move there because then all of a sudden you're the competition. yeah or I don't know how they viewed me, but I didn't feel like I fit in a hundred percent. and I told- also didn't realize that fitting in with the other comics was so much more or such a big part of, yeah, your career i i I missed that somehow. and it was eye opening to me. I was like, oh, I got a million friends in Los Angeles. I got three friends here. Yeah, because you and, came up with
0: the L.A. people and you guys yeah, were all yeah, doing yeah, shows yeah. together. So you right. were all close because I I remember I hope this is not out of line, but I remember you telling a story. And this sticks out in my head because I've been in uh, situations where I'm where I'm around these kind of people where you were doing a show in New York. I think this is back the, f- the first time you were there. And I think you told it on last exit to Brooklyn, but you were doing a show in New York and you showed up because you were booked on the show. And yeah. there were New York comedians there who hadn't done anything. It'd be like uh-huh. doing a show with me in Jacksonville, like nothing, no credits. And they looked around like, who's this guy? <laughs> and you were like, are you f-? like, I'm fucking leaving. Like, are you serious? <laughs> um, I don't remember that.
2: I do remember getting on stage one time and I just started talking and I heard a comic because, you know, the comics sit, stand yeah. in a certain place in the room. Yeah. The guy goes, uh, oh, this guy. As in like they were, you know, they were vaguely aware of me. Yeah. And it didn't sound like they liked
1: me. Wow.
2: But that's one guy said one thing. I don't fucking know. All I knew was I was surprised that my credits didn't transfer. Not my TV credits in a college. Yeah. sort of aspect. I, I was surprised that. I didn't and I'm not saying I didn't fit in. I was just surprised that i didn't fit in right away. Yeah, and it's, it's and if i had thing. more money i definitely would have stayed there cuz i definitely liked it and i definitely started getting the hang of it. But there was there was just so many circumstances that made that such a miserable experience that i kind of just needed to get out.
0: Okay, so then and, you went back to LA.
2: But when i went to back to LA, you can never go home again again, which is a weird thing for los angeles because los angeles is some place that people go after they get in their shit a little up and running and then they go there well i started there yeah and it's weird you know because you've taken time off of comedy you have to kind of like start all over again yep so in a way i started all over again in new york and then i started all over again God. in la believe it believe it or not there were certain things that still existed like now is going to be on your mom's house podcast and your mom's house podcast is gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and Tosh would still use me on this or that, and I could snag some. There was um, remnants or leftovers from when I was there before, but it wasn't the same. And I actually started missing New York because New York's just so much cooler.
1: I love New York. Perfectly honest. Yeah, when we um, got
0: we got off the plane. Um, and got onto the subway from JFK. Cause I had only ever been there once as a child, like and my yeah. dad, obviously took us around, but I didn't experience New York as an adult. So we went up there two or three years, two years ago, um, to see last at the garden, my girlfriend, we had only been dating a few months, but knew how much comedy meant to me and yeah. got me these crazy tickets for a very like New Yorker centric. Like this yeah. is what New Yorkers do. Charity event up in mm-hmm. New York city for last at the garden. Cause I, I love bill and she, and she knew that yeah, so yeah. She, she booked the flight, booked the whole vacation. And I had always talked about going to LA cause I was like, Oh, you know, I'm handsome enough. I'll act. I'll, you know, that delusional thinking. And LA
2: they, is cool as shit. Don't get me wrong.
0: Yeah. But, I had been to LA as an adult and I was just like, yeah, this is where I'll go. Like, this is where, you know, Matt started. This is where Tom started. This is where Sickler started. Like, I'll come out here. Like, I'll be like one of the boys, like that delusional thinking. As soon as we got out of the um, subway station and someone like honked, and was like, fuck you. I was like, no, this is where I want to be. Like, They're even this. bigger dicks than Florida. Dude, <laughs> I got to I, I, move here. I, but I felt so comfortable because it's one of those things where everyone's around, but nobody's paying attention
2: it's there's there's a i read this book about the i forget the woman's name in in sonic youth but she talks about the chaos of new york is actually very calming exactly because your brain is occupied with kind of navigating the city yeah and And so this is going on this is going on this is going on and it's better to be in the moment and there's way more flavor than just the gas pedal and brake, gas yeah. pedal and brake of Los Angeles. Um, Los Angeles is, is, is amazing. But New York is this, this matrix ex- experience where you're really in something. Yeah. You're really in, you're physically in a world, a jungle. And it's so spontaneous and it's so fun and it's really hard. You know, especially during the pandemic. But yeah, I can't like, if imagine. you want to run an errand in New York, you probably don't have a car to do it with. You wouldn't even. And if you did have a car, that's another set of problems. Yeah. <laughs> where you gotta like find a place to load that car up, double parked, and all that shit. It's it's is just so much going on. But what I really loved about it was the transportation. And I would go back and visit a lot, and I, I like I had the hang of it. I started thinking, oh, it's kind of a shame I bailed because. I put in a lot of work here, not necess- not just with the comedy scene, but also with just learning how to navigate New York. And, yeah, living in New and, York. Yeah. And I was, I was becoming a part of the city, and I, and I got out too early because I was just too tired and too exhausted and too confused and too, quite honestly, uh, mentally. I don't like when other people say it about my, me, but I'll say it. Like, <laughs> mentally. Just I just wasn't um, I wasn't at peace. I
0: was there was too much going on. Well, and that makes a lot of sense, because then I know with what you were saying, I when I when we started walking around New York, I because I'm naturally an anxious person, like I yeah. have a crippling anxiety. But when you're yeah. walking around New York, there's so much going on that you almost cannot be in your own head. And it's
2: good for being a stand up comic, too, because it's like, oh, you got an opinion about. Of- about all the things that are going on. Yeah, exactly. You take about all the things that are going on. You're seeing a lot. Not yeah. on the fucking internet, where everybody uses the same terms and everyone's seeing the same exact presentation, the same video, the same photo, the same. You're seeing unique things.
1: Live. And, and in you person, can then yeah. go,
2: I saw this today. This yep. is what I think about it. It's And, and you get to see the, the human experience and you get to see so many different types of people. Not just different types of races, but different. Everyone's got a different job. Everyone's got yeah. a different job. And that's, that's, that's another, that's another difference. Los Angeles. People have a lot of different jobs, but a good, I don't know the number, a good portion of LA society works in the film business. Yeah. And their mind is always on that. And the discussions are always on that. And, and, Everything revolves around that. Whereas outside of that, LA people aren't as obsessed with entertainment, even though we're all obsessed with entertainment. It's not like a reality. It's, it serves its own program in New York. Everyone's doing something different. Yeah. And so there's, n- there's no, there's not this collective goal of being a goddamn movie star.
0: Yeah. Because in LA that's you, you go to LA because like you said, cause the film industry is there, but in New York it's, the financial capital it's the fashion capital it's the the Everything. cuisine capital you it's name a, it
2: yeah even if they're not the capital they got a pretty good fucking scene yeah right and that's, it's and, and that's, like, it, like their scene is still bigger even if it's not that big relatively speaking it's still bigger than anyone else's yeah um, scene like and, say knitting or something yeah <laughs> there's more knitters in new york <laughs> than anywhere than anywhere else. Well, and you but you and I, i've only <laughs> seen like one but still there's a scene there's, there's a sewing store a right by my apartment. There's a sewing store, like a hip sewing store. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Oh, like yeah. Fucking $18 thread and shit.
0: We had um, Jake you know, Haddon a couple weeks high-end ago. High-end sewing. From, and he lives in New York and does, uh, uh, he just moved to Philly, but he was living in New York for a while. And that's, uh, he said, just when it comes to comedy, there's scenes within the scene. Yeah, so like, so think about this. I still don't feel like
2: I've spent enough time in New York, and that I'm a legitimate part of the comedy scene. But I'm in it like three clubs. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like much because there's so many clubs. Yeah. The three clubs is all I ever had in Los Angeles. I mean, give or take. But still, you see what I'm saying? Even if you get a little piece of that apple.
0: Yeah, there's you, just you're you're not hungry. Yeah. It's well, and it's it's crazy because I just like I've. Fell in love. Like I said, I'd been to L.A. a couple of times and I was like, yeah, I guess this is the move. But when I when we got when we got to New York, I was like, I love like this place is awesome. So we you know, and the listeners have heard this, but we and I know I told you we did everything. We went back the next year. We had made a plan. We're going. So yeah. we had made the plan because I had done it's one of those things. And you know this from bouncing, you know, from going from one scene to the other. When I got back into comedy, it was like, OK, I've done I've kind of dusted off the the training wheel like you know i got the rust off like i'm ready to yeah. go i'm writing again like i had about a you know i had 45 minutes that i was comfortable with i was like i need to get out of jacksonville now like yeah new for york, sure you new did. york is where we're going and it was we went out there march 7th everyone's wearing masks and gloves and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and it was kind of weird um i know will made a big thing about it at uh, the cellar he came out like full mask like full gloves yeah. And I was just kind of like, all right, we'll we'll be okay. Like I studied political science and history. I was like, there's not going to they won't shut down the government. They've never done that before. Like the government won't shut everything down. That's not going to happen. That's what I kept telling my girlfriend. Yeah. And we had the broker had sent us the paperwork and told us to electronically sign the lease on the paperwork. Yeah. But this is like May this now at this point, this is like March, like 15th. Yeah. And now everything's starting to shut down. But oh, you know, yeah. the, the brokers are like, no, just sign, it. Yeah. Just sign yeah. it. Just yeah, sign yeah, it. Just sign it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. of course.
0: Fuckers. Um, and then, of course. But I had a I had a couple of friends go up to New York and have horrible experiences because they got the apartment site unseen and all this kind of stuff. So it's like we will not sign the papers until we're in the living room. Like, yeah, good for you. That's when we'll sign the papers. Um, and then three days after that, she got a call from where she works, uh, which is a really nice steakhouse on Fifth Avenue. They called her and they're like, your transfer's off. Like, you, yeah, not yeah, coming. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two days later, my work called and was like, yeah, your transfer's off. And we were like, no, no, we're, we're right. <laughs> we're here. We're right there. Yeah.
2: Well, I will tell you, you guys are so smart to get your jobs transferred there. Yeah. Um, so you got that going for you. Hopefully you can get that together again. Um, are you still thinking about moving there?
0: Yeah, we she, luckily I mean, luckily or unluckily, we live in Florida, um, so she never stopped working awesome <laughs> so all the money we had saved to move we we still have it and good oh good yeah so it's and it's because we never another like i was out of work for a month but i was fortunate enough to get unemployment for that month and then she never So you're fine working.
2: you guys are fine then yeah yeah we're, oh that's yeah. great news
0: yeah so we're still planning on moving but it's it's interesting what you're saying about it being the capital of everything because like i have family members who are like you know, a little more right leaning, but they're like, why the fuck? Like, why would you want to go to New York city? It's a cesspool. It's this, it's that I go, it's the greatest city in the world. Like <laughs> it literally is, it is, it's historically the
2: greatest city in the world. But you got to know that like, they have a point too. Yeah. So most, most people who live in New York, especially people that didn't grow up there, are seriously like always contemplating leaving. It's part of being a New Yorker is talking <laughs> about leaving. In fact, yeah. every Woody Allen movie has a scene where they go on vacation.
1: Yeah. They <laughs> I'm always not kidding. Leave. They yeah, always yeah, get yeah. in the
2: car and go for a ride in the country. Part of being a New Yorker is leaving New York. <laughs> um, the Strokes have a song about it. I swear one time I'm gonna leave this town, he says. And they're a very New York band. Oh yeah. Um, and a lot of them did leave, at least temporarily. And um, what I my, what I want to tell you is, like, visiting there and moving there are two different things. So when you move there, you really want to keep your game face on. It's, it's not as romantic all of a sudden. Yeah. When you have your logistical problems that you had at home are now in New York City. But now you're a little homesick. You don't have this. It's harder when you first move there. Yeah. But just realize that and realize this is an investment and um, comedy will probably be tough at first, but you're actually gonna get a lot better and you're probably gonna like scrap a lot of jokes because you're gonna see so many comics. Yeah. Not that you should do what they want you to do, but you're gonna get more perspective about like, oh, I need to do these type this type of material, but the world might also have enough of that. Maybe yeah, I should exactly. think about this or that. And I think with anything, and, and keep in mind, when I moved to Los Angeles, it was the same thing. I, and I was 23, and it was much more appropriate. <laughs> Moved to Los Angeles. I missed my my girlfriend, who was had become my ex-girlfriend. I missed having everything dialed. I missed yeah. having everything together, and now it was part of someone else's scene. But <laughs> the difference there was I was so far away from home, there was no way I was going to go back home so easily. Yeah, you're not no, just hopping knew, in the car I knew and back driving then, back
0: to Maryland.
2: No momentum had happened So moving back to Maryland was like giving up on ever living in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so I stuck it out. And geez, man, within a year or two, things were like happening. Not big, not big things, but but yeah, that's what
0: I was going to say. It's weird because and this is probably, again, my delusional thinking, but it's one of those things like when I went to visit, I I told my girlfriend, um, I was like, we can do whatever you want during the day. But at night, I'm going to be at the cellar because, again, comedy is like means a lot to me. So I was like, that's where I want to go. And it was bizarre because like you'd be outside and these, you know, like I've told you before, like a lot of these people I look up to, like almost in an idolizing fashion, which I know I shouldn't do. But it's like you'd be sitting outside. I was standing outside smoking a cigarette in Tom Rhodes. Was outside and i was like that's tom rhodes like i've yeah. followed tom i've known about tom rhodes forever like since yeah. i started watching comedy one of the original comedy central presents so my girlfriend just walked up she goes tom he goes yeah she goes this is my boyfriend brennan i was like what are you doing but it's like you're just standing outside you know i'm smoking a cigarette talking like shooting the shit with tom rhodes i got to smoke a cigarette with david tell because he just was outside the cellar Dude, do you
2: know that every night in new york city is a fucking comedy festival that's exactly yeah and i was like I was like, if I can every just, night, Monday night is a fucking comedy festival. It was like two every o'clock in the New morning York.
0: on a Tuesday and Godfrey's going up because he always goes up last. And I was just like, this is like if this if Godfrey came to Jacksonville, it'd be like a Friday, Saturday, like eight o'clock primetime thing. It's like it's, it's two o'clock in the morning at the like at the cellar. There's, you know, people have left like and he's just doing his thing. And I was like, this is like this is and it's so weird because stand up is is kind of a, a niche thing. But to yeah. me, because it is my whole world, it's like this yeah. is what I'm talking about. And yeah,
2: man, that's was, the very nature of it. It's accessible. It's yeah, available. It's
0: accessible. That's yeah, that's the best word. Um, for it.
2: and it just brings two things to mind. The second time I moved to New York, I did it absolutely right. Okay. I I had patients pre-downloaded into my brain. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I treated it like I just said. Like we're just talking. I treated it like a comedy festival. I'm like, I'm going to go instead of, you know, stage time is important, but I'm going to make it just as important to go hang out yep. and connect with the people that I do know and just take the fucking pressure off. Yeah. Do the work without the pressure. And New York has been a great experience the second time around. It, it really was the first time around. I just had a bad attitude. And so that's really what it takes perspective and, and attitude. Yeah. And it, it is an adjustment and it's different than just visiting, but don't let, don't get scared. Like it's actually more fulfilling to make the commitment and yeah. just be, a just do it. Yeah. Be a part of it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fucking, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And then once you start getting it down and be like, Oh, I got to get to this place. Well, I'll need this train. This is like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, you seem you seem so feel so free because you don't you're not you can have a car there, but you're not going to use it in the same way. You're just like you it's like you're in a video game, man. It's like and just yeah, you, you can go, just go wherever all these different yeah. places and you'll see Adrian Brody on this side of the street and fucking David tell on that side of the street. Yeah, like, and you're like and you got to pretend like it ain't no big deal.
0: We stayed at the Soho Grand and this is I'm, I make this joke, but I'm always like smoking cigarettes have afforded me a lot of opportunities. Yes, we're staying at the Soho Grand. I go outside 7.30 in the morning, go outside to smoke a cigarette. Um, Dave Dave Chappelle walks out of the Soho Grand at 7.30 in the morning. He stops to light his cigarette. And I go, holy shit, you're Dave Chappelle. And he turns and I go, I, I'm a comic from Florida. I love you. Everybody loves you. And he just went, <laughs> thanks, man, and walked away. But it's like, okay, could have handled that a little better. But <laughs> like, that's just, that's just what happens. Like you said, yeah. this is what happens in New York. You know, it's funny is like
2: in New York, I think people are are at least try to pretend like they're cooler. Yeah. So like, like you didn't see Dave Chappelle get mobbed, did you? No, 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 no. So so it's weird because in L.A. is built on celebrities, but people value celebrities more. Yeah. So when Chappelle shows up at the comedy store, tons of people are going to try to talk to him. But in New York, uh, at least, you know. Yeah. People are gonna you're gonna say hi, but he's not gonna be mobbed necessarily. Dave Chappelle's a unique person in that yeah, that's true. He's super famous. Yeah. And so what you said
0: hello, dude, that's fucking cool. But it was just it was weird because it was one of those things where I I've told this before, but I I think you might get a kick out of it. I have a one of the a very respected comedian in the Jacksonville scene, Chris Buck. He yeah. um he tours a lot. I know, he, yeah. You know Chris. Um, duh, you did the show. Uh mm-hmm. but uh we were talking about it one night this was last year, right before I moved, we were getting together the uh, going away show for rain dogs. We're just having like kind of almost like a heart to heart conversation. But he says, uh, he like, gets real serious. And he looks at me and he goes, you'll do fine. And yeah. I was, you know, and I, I was kind of like, I was a little wor- like weirded out. Cause he, that's not Chris's style. Um, yeah. and he was like, you'll do fine though. You'll, you'll be fine in New York. And I literally like, I got choked up and I was like, is yeah. that, is that because you think I'm funny? Like you think I'm, I'm such a good comedian that I'll do fine. he looked at me, shook his head. He goes, no, (laughs) he goes, I don't think you're that funny at all. He goes, but you're really good with people. And that's all that matters.
2: Yeah. And also like you are funny and you've got a lane. Yeah. And you're going to find a way for that to make sense. If you hang out long enough, keep an open mind, see the opportunities. I've seen so many people, and this is no comment on you. I've seen so many people that i thought were open micers in los angeles and then you go away for three years or you go on the road or whatever you come back and they're in the comedy store they're crushing it yeah on stage and they're friends with like all my friends now yeah, you're like, and it's happened?
1: like
2: wow holy yeah. shit and the first time you see it you're like what the fuck you're even yeah, like, mad brain brain at them I'm like, how wait dare wait. you get good yeah but After it happens 10 times, you go, everybody who, who. almost everybody who hangs out and tries long enough, finds out what they're good at. Yeah. Gets a job doing whatever. It might not even be directly creative, but they find their way in the world. And what this pandemic has taught me is I'm going to be a comedian whether... I finally realized I love comedy. No joke. Like, this is what I do, and I don't care how successful I'm going to be at it anymore. And that is the freedom to be successful, believe it or not. Because that's when you're going to be pure and do what's unique to you and not be uh, result-oriented, but be work-oriented. And that's when it works. In fact, one of the times where my career really worked out is when I was about to quit and I go well before I quit. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do on stage. Yeah, no more trying to figure out what people want. I'm going to do exactly what I want, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like it. Yep. And that's when comedians recognize me, and that's when the the L.A. Uh, for lack of a better word, Hollywood people started noticing me.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really cool that you say that because I remember when I first started, I you know was. F- fresh out of playing college football. And I had all these like dude, bro, like frat guy, like just egregious. Like I went back through an old joke book from 2009 and yeah. I was like, this is horrific. Like not even <laughs> like, not even like, um, not shock jock. What's the, what's the word? Not even, uh, uh, just
2: like shock value.
0: Yeah. It wasn't even, it wasn't even that it was just, it was just bad. And I I actually read it and was disappointed in myself that I had written it, but it was yeah. so long ago and I was still drinking and stuff. And, And it's weird because like it's almost like that same mindset. When I came back, it was like, no, like I know what I want to say now. And that's what I'm going to do. And so, yeah, like I could be like the pandemic happened and I'm in Florida and I'm not pursuing comedy in New York. But it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, I'm still going to do comedy. This
2: is part of the process. Yeah, it's new. The pandemic is new to our generation. Yeah, but it's part of the process. Dude, there's there's going to be people that aren't coming back.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that left and we were on Street Easy. But right before we went up there and the place we found was in Murray Hill because we both were like, we're going to live in Manhattan. So the place we found was in Murray Hill, but it was tiny. You know, you know how it is. And uh, yeah, we were looking at the same price range a couple months ago when everything the vaccine started coming out and stuff, same price range places with doormen and gyms yeah. and top top floor lounges same yeah. price range
2: yeah here's our big benefit me and my fiance's rent didn't go up yeah <laughs> whereas i'm sure we could get a much better place for the price but we don't feel like dealing with it yeah the move and all but that. i also mean people aren't going to come back to comedy yeah which is so- people are going to be like you know what i realized just like you and i are realizing no This is definitely my lane. Yeah. Comedy is definitely my lane. There's certain people going, you know what? I don't miss it and I don't want to go back.
0: Which is so weird to me because I understand. Not to
2: me because I've felt that way before.
0: Yeah. I just don't feel that way now. Yeah. Because in my head, it's just one of those things where with how much it's all meant, it's like you can't just like I would never. It doesn't matter. Like once I find someone and this is the addictive personality in me. But once I find someone that I like. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, like, I don't understand people who like quit podcasts. It's like, no, we've I've been here from the beginning. Like, we're like, ride or well, die. You also, like let's go. You
2: also never have to quit a podcast. You can take yeah. fucking three months off. Yeah, that's true. And just keep it up. Like, I haven't quit my
0: second podcast, Roadheads, but I ain't yeah. doing
2: any episodes
0: either. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I don't mean I don't mean as a as a creator. I'm talking about as, as a fan, how people. just oh, like Oh, I'll that's what you know. I mean. I can see that I can it's see like people one of those things where it's like, well, I'm, I'm an addict obviously. And so my yeah. whole thing is like, once I find something I like, like, that's it. Like I'm with yeah. that. Part. Like if, if we, you know, we vaguely know each other, but if you called me up tomorrow and said, Hey, Brennan, I need you to get up here. Like something like I, I'd be like, all right, let's go. Right. Um, and that's just how my brain works. So like with comedy, it's like, no, this is my life. Like, this is what right. I'm doing. So it's so bizarre to me when people like I've had, uh, Dan Venti, a very funny uh, San Diego comic, was out there with, like, Taylor Tomlinson and Brian Simpson and that, coming yeah. up in that. And then he yeah. just one day decided, like, no, like, I, I love my girlfriend. Like, I, I want to just be with her and be happy. And I'm like, how does that even... Like, there's I two, can't even there's, fathom that. There's two sides to that. One is you achieve
2: and experience comedy and... Or anything, but we're talking about comedy. And you go, wow, I accomplished this. I still feel exactly the same. I'm not happier. And now I have to do it again. Yeah. And so they they fall out of love with comedy. Okay. And then I forget the other side of it. The other side of that is, you know, people, some people, no, and some people, oh, I know what I'm trying to say. Some people get scared. Like some people are like, I can't do this anymore. They're scared for whatever reason. Yeah. And They ignore their calling either way. It's valid. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, but sometimes we don't do stuff because it's going to be hard. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm against.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's like,
2: it's like if I quit comedy, it would be because, because I thought it was very hard. It wouldn't be because I didn't want to do it. I want to do it. In fact, what I've realized is that's what I do. Like all day long, my brain comes up with jokes. Yeah. That's all it fucking does. That's all. That's a one trick pony. And Uh, even though I've made it work in the past, it's actually really easy to quit because it's not an ideal life. But what I'm realizing is, oh shit, it is the ideal life. (laughs) You know, it it is the ideal life for me and I'm okay with it. And sometimes when I start thinking about how like my parents see me or how the world sees me, I start going, oh, this isn't right. This isn't right. I shouldn't be living like this. But the truth is, like this pandemic has just shown me no, I was right. I worked hard to get there and that was the life I wanted. It wasn't easy. That's the, that's the hard part. You go, well, it wasn't easy. Well, guess what? Everything's fucking difficult.
1: Yeah. In this society is yeah.
2: Things that aren't worth having are fucking difficult. (laughs)
1: That is
2: just maintaining a studio apartment. And working a regular job you don't like—that's difficult.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a weird thing. It's Everything's like, difficult. I get it from some of my uh, family, like my twin sister and stuff. It's very much like, okay, well, and this is something I kind of had to sit down with them and and explain because it was, you know, well, you're gonna get because I was engaged once before and then it didn't work out because I couldn't stop drinking, and so yeah, you fast forward and now I've been with my girlfriend for a few years, and they're like, oh, are you gonna get married and have kids and like, you know, buy a house and all that, and I'm like, like, no. Like that's not,
2: it's really weird that that's, um, I get why people wanted that for their family. Yeah. But I just know so many people that have those things and they're not happy. Yep. And a lot of times people will in the same conversation tell you how unhappy they are And and then tell you, well, you gotta be just like me. Yeah. Like I see it with religion. I see it with material possessions. I am so lucky. I don't give a fuck about material possessions. I do care about money. I like the freedom of having money and I like the stability of having money, but I could give a fuck about About what it can get me other than survival. And so I'm lucky that way. And there's no way I could have made it this far if I wasn't that way, because it's always going to take a little bit longer than if you play it straight. Unfortunately, I've found I've played it straight simultaneously. Like I kept an office job for a long time. Yeah. And that didn't make me a whole lot of money. And that didn't make me very happy either. And I got in relationships when I was younger and that made me less happy than being single. All these things you're supposed to have just to have. Yeah. I don't look at life that way. I look at things on a case by case basis. Now I found my fiance. She's great. Yes, I commit. But just getting married to anybody just getting married
1: married yeah no way yeah
0: well and it's it's really cool because it's one of those things where as morbid as it sounds but it's just that like you're talking about like your brain is just that's my brain kind of works the same way when it's like like i went from south florida To back, I moved back home after college and I had like a duffel bag. Like, I didn't, I threw everything away. Like, I don't care. Like, I wanted to keep my jersey from the bowl game I played in. And I was like, other than that, I don't care. And then I went, same thing. I went from, you know, there to Oklahoma City where I lived for a little while with my cousin and we were doing comedy out there. And shout out to you. I wore a suit to every fucking open mic.
2: Um, you got to start early. If yeah, like, If it's going to be a thing, you got to start early. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was, so I'd wear a suit to every open mic, just like from uh, the special, um, your half hour. And then, uh, but it's same thing. Like I moved up there with a literally a, a bag and it's like, I don't uh, like, so it's really cool because to hear you say that, cause it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm fine with, I'm fine with being, I said this to my sister, I'm fine with being extensively poor for yeah. the rest of my life. And right. I get to get on stage and like show people that everything's going to be okay. Like, that's I don't a
2: big, care. that's a big moment. And you know, you'll be surprised to learn that I finally got to that point too over the past year. Yeah. Cause I always had a little bit of maybe I should be doing something else because I I did find myself unhappy sometimes. Yeah. But the truth is that's my, that's my battle. That's my thing. That's the, that's the fight I want to fight. Yeah. that's the specific fight i want to fight and so i'm I'm like 100 percent cool with it and i'm very excited now because i'm just i'm just focused on what's in front of me and right now just doing stand-up at all is going to be amazing
0: yeah it's and it's i can speak from being off for three months and then coming back just at some of the shows that i've done it was other than that georgia show most of the time it's people are excited to be out, but they're, they're intent on listening. Now yeah. you have to, the one thing that's been frustrating for me is dealing with a lot of the, uh, the COVID material. Cause it's yeah. like, everyone's doing it. And it's not just that, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm around, I'm not around the cream of the crop when it comes to comedy. So it's like, it's the same jokes over and over and over it's like come on guys like didn't you
2: listen i got bad news new york you can just multiply that by 500
0: (laughs) yeah that's true you know you think
2: you're gonna go somewhere and everybody's gonna be great truth is the bar is way higher there even with the open micers yeah but you're still dealing with people who are writing every week
1: yeah and
2: and and there's gonna be a lot you're gonna have to watch a lot of mediocre shit even from great comics yeah like because they're working shit out and you're gonna be where they're working shit out
0: there's so many and- times that i i'll do a show and it's like an open mic and i'm like all right i've got three new stories that i kind of want to work on and then it fills up and i'm like fuck like yeah. i can't like i have to because especially in jacksonville like i'm you know it's, there are certain people i you know that I, I don't think i'm very good but there are certain people who kind of look up to me and a few of the other comics. So then if people, a bunch of people show up, it's like, oh, now I can't work on material. Like, now I have to bring it. So it's like. Right,
2: right, right, right. But it's
0: like you're saying, like, sometimes in New York, you'll see comics that are really good, but they're like, no, I'm working shit out. Like, sorry. Yeah. And if, you're, on a working, night.
2: if you're working out, if you're at a working shit out night, your audience is going to be the comedians. Yeah. And they will smell that. Gotta kill it material on you. If you start doing some A-list shit, they'll be yeah, like. Yeah, that they know. <laughs> Not that they know, just that, like, they can tell. A comedian can tell if something's yeah, a bit. Yeah, for sure or if you're working something out and they want you to be in the gym with them, they will judge you. They'll be like, dude, you doing your fucking closer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There are so many times where I've done open mics in other cities and gotten nervous and like switched gears into like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit them with my my best material. Like my fucking last comic standing set, here we go. Yeah. And they just are like, you fucking really trying to do, you're trying to do your, your, your 25, right? You're trying right. to do your future set right now. Right. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, no. And you get that like road,
2: you feel like some kind of road hack yeah. car salesman. <laughs> fucking and I'm older now too. So it's like, you know, you just feel like a, a moron because oh, that's, man. that's where you're allowed to be pure actually. Yeah. You're not going to get laughs either way. So you might as well do what you want to do. And then I've had sad moments too, where I go, fuck. I don't know what I want to do right now. I can do anything I want on stage right now. And I can't think of a goddamn thing, which is ridiculous, because if I have a conversation with somebody, I can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But you go out there and it's like, okay, I can say anything I want to, but it's just me. What do I want to tell people? Yeah. What do I want to talk about? It's a moment of truth. Don't you dare fucking say that out loud, but it's a moment of truth. You know, like, okay, what what do I want to express? Sometimes I'm not really feeling much other than, especially when I'm happy. I'm like, Yeah, you're like, oh, we're good. And I don't think you need to be unhappy to be a good comedian. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as far as, God, we, I strive to have a clear mind. Yeah. And when I get it, I don't always want to muddy it up.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's weird because um, just so much of my material comes from such a dark, place that it's weird because it's like oh like if i like when like you said like when i'm having a good week and then i i go to mike's because it's it's work like you know you got to work it out so i'll go to mike's then i'm just kind of like i don't really like i'm good guys like i don't really know what i want to talk about
2: i think i think and i i really don't want to put the message out that you have to be some kind of miserable person to make art to make comedy because i i think the performance wise nine times out of ten you're going to be better
1: when you're in a good mood
2: yeah definitely performance wise writing wise it's like 50 50 you can write you can definitely write when you're in a good mood yeah you sometimes you mean such a bad mood you can just you, there's no humor in anything you write. <laughs> I have some of those <laughs> it's, some of those i've got like fucking encyclopedias full of yeah. that and it's just like because you have to play the odds right so you have to write five pages to get one or two good jokes so you know that.
1: Yeah. So, you so just keep but you're not really
2: writing jokes. You're just writing a manifesto. ideas. And if you're feeling like shit, sometimes you can't see the levity in it or the insight or the cleverness or anything, because sometimes it's just it's just not there.
0: Yeah, that's and that's totally true. Did you um, when you first started, I kind of wanted to bring this up when you first started traveling and uh, yeah. like doing because you went from L.A. and then you started like did, when you started right. touring, was that from L.A.?
2: I, I, uh, I did two years of open mics in LA Okay, and bringer shows too. Uh, And I thought bringer shows were real shows. Like, cause that's like those best shows I've ever done. And if you don't know what a bringer show is out there, it's when every comedian that's booked has to bring five, six, whatever amount of people. And so the audience is really just there to see their one friend. Yep. And so, but you have a chance though, you have a chance to win everybody over. And so that's why I thought it was a real show. I could usually like figure out, usually not always yeah and then i took a tape from a bringer show and sent it out and um you know i wasn't ready for the road who do I, I still don't know if i'm ready for the road the road <laughs> is so tough not every show a lot of shows are easy on the road yeah easy like fucking easy and then some are just so difficult and it's not that they're difficult it's just that you're up there for so long right it's not any more difficult than the open mic and the open mic is like really rough yeah yeah but what's hard is you're doing 20 30 45 and you just on a bad night it's the amount of time you have to do yeah that's what and that's what i had to get used to because in la as in local scenes if you don't feel like doing your full 10 minutes and you only do eight nobody gives a shit they're yeah, happy nobody's you got gonna, gonna
0: say anything yeah they're stoked they're like oh he didn't have anything else all right
1: cool
2: but at a club, you're not even really hired to be funny. You're hired to do that amount of time. Yep. And so you've got to do that amount of time. And that's what's difficult about that at first. Um, also, it's not, it has moments that meet your fantasies, but it's not the fucking highlight reel. That you yeah. thought it was gonna be. No one's carrying you out on their shoulders at the end of the night. It's just Yeah, it's
0: it's so bizarre because like you with social media we'll post pictures from shows and Kill people it. are like, Man, yeah. People are like, Even Man. other comics hooking each other up. Jeff yeah. is killing it right now. Cut to yeah. reality,
2: and there's like five people
0: talking. <laughs> he's killing it. That's the best part is i am show these posts and I'm like, I was at that show, like that was yeah, terrible. No. That's social media for you, though. Yeah, it's all a highlight reel. It's all like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. like I, I ran into uh, some Orlando comedians, um, at a show last night, and they're like, "Man, you guys are because we do this little dumb trio called the Clam Jam," and they're like, "You guys uh-huh. are blowing up. Like, we see all your flyers. <laughs> you guys are doing all these shows." I'm like, "Marcus, the headliner is the one that makes the flyer. And like, yeah, <laughs> like I could post a thousand of them if I wanted to."
2: Right. It's a flyer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's cool, though. You see what he's saying, though. Yeah, but it's just, it's fun because it's like, like when I think it's funny about- when someone believes your hype. Yeah.
2: That's, that's really exactly, fucking yeah. funny. Like my parents even think I'm a certain type of person based on my act. Yeah. They think I'm, I, I've in the past concentrated on negative aspects of myself and they start to believe that I'm some degenerate or can't handle my life. Yeah. But I'm just kind of like, joking it and doing a character and i'm kind of getting away from that but it's weird how much even people that know you will buy into your own promotion and i think that's a big revelation for all of us whether you're a comedian or not like people
0: if you tell people what you are they'll take your word for it oh yeah they just yeah and i know that because when i was when i was really bad drinking and doing drugs and i wasn't doing any shows for three years i still told people i was a comedian. Yeah. And like, I would still post stuff about comedy and people were like, yeah, right. Brandon's been doing comedy for 11 years. It's like, right. well, kind of, but kind of
2: not. They don't have time to do the research and their brain doesn't want to figure you out. Oh, yeah. that's what you are. Fine. That's why would he lie about that? Yeah. Why? why would, yeah, like, exactly. For me, they were like, why would he lie about like not being able to pay his gas bill and fucking drinking too much? Yeah. Why would that's he lie bacon. about that? He'll I'll believe that. Out. I, I believe him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 People, I, I say this a lot at work just because, you know, as a server, like my goal is to like kind of lead you through what we're doing. So I said, yeah. I say this, and it's the same thing in comedy. It's like people, it's the same thing in anything, really. It's just that if, if you lead people, most people will just follow. Like they'll just believe what you're saying. They'll just be like, okay. I had a law professor once say, if you say now it's different with the internet, but he goes, if you say anything with confidence, people will believe you.
2: It's not different with the internet.
1: You don't
0: think so?
2: People, No. There's easily disprovable facts being spewed all the time. And as long as people consistently say the lie, then it becomes a reality for a certain group of people.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it like that. So So it's even crazier in a way. Yeah, because you have access to stuff right there and you're not even going to look it up. All
2: you're going to find on the internet is opposition to what you believe, but you're also going to find confirmation of what you believe yeah so if you want to believe something just concentrate on because no matter what you believe even if i know i'm 100 percent right about something like this desk is solid i can find something online that says desks aren't really solid they're this yeah that, and that. yeah so there will always be opposition but i have to go by the article that i already believe
0: in there's always people out there trying to like either agree or disagree what i found be it with comedy or be it with the restaurant business. And I don't know if this is the same for you. People only ask me a question because their intention is for me to agree with them.
2: Yeah. Tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. And so it's like when you want to, when you want advice from somebody like, like let's say moving to New York, you're going to ask around until someone goes, dude, you should definitely move to New York. You know, you're goddamn right. I should, (laughs) because you already knew you wanted to do it.
0: Yeah, it's we, we have a, we do that um, we talk about it in um, AA a lot. There's yeah. guys that know it's a bad decision, right. so they'll ask their sponsor. and Their sponsor's like, "No, this is a bad decision," but then they'll go around and ask like other people with time, <laughs> tell right, right. someone validate other and people like,
2: that see? drink, yeah. <laughs> other people that don't share any of the same philosophy. matter. They as just your want sponsor, to agree with you. <laughs> Someone that doesn't believe in alcoholism will be like, no, you can go to that bar. It'll be fine.
0: It'll be fine. And they're like, see, told you guys. Yeah. See, like, see, you only had five
2: drinks. You're fine. You know, (laughs) in their mind, you're fine. Yeah. You know, you're not fine. Your sponsor knows you're not fine.
0: But it's so it's so crazy how people just kind of twist all that. I want to ask you before we're wrapping up, but before we get out of here, just. I know I've listened to a bunch of your uh, shows with uh, Kevin Shea and with Joe and everybody. Is there any, is there any kind of story that sticks out in your head of like, I know we talk about like doing well on stage a lot, but like just not like when you, when people ask you about like bombing or anything, is there anything yeah. in particular that sticks out in your head? I always like to get this perspective from people, especially people who have been doing comedy as long as you have. And cause you've done you like you, you were on a private jet one week. And then I know you talked yeah. about this. Then you were taking a Greyhound the next week to go to, well, a actually
2: gig. it's a different order. Okay. Right? Greyhound because one week Greyhound and then, Yeah. And then the because if I jet. got the private jet gig
0: money, I would you buy want, a plane yeah, ticket. That's true. Okay.
1: But have you ever <laughs> been
0: still, in it's this... the same month? Yeah. What? we're just like where you just were like kind of looking at comedy and it was just one of those things where it was just kind of like, just like, I I don't know, like a bomb story or like getting like really too fucked up after a show or anything like that. Cause I know you talked about it with Kevin doing some of the triple runs where you would just like wake up the next day and you're like, we got to drive now.
2: Yeah, no, you know, that's, that's an exhaustion. That's a fatigue, but that's, that's low stakes. So if you bomb, at a triple run, a one nighter, like if I bombed in Jacksonville, if I, I I remember I did fairly well that night, but yeah, say did. I bombed. So your mom doesn't hang on me. I move <laughs> on. I move on. Yeah. But when it really hurts, I was just talking about this with my therapist. I just started going to therapy and it's already been incredibly helpful. Really hurts. And I don't even know if I want to get into many specifics, but
0: no, yeah, don't if you don't want
2: When to. it's when it's important. Yeah. Like, so well, I'll just tell you, I remember because I, I found a positive spin on this. I remember I showcased for the David Letterman show in 2007. Okay. And I had just been on a bunch of TV shows in a year and I figured I needed a different set than what I had already done on TV. I thought we were pretty much like, I was that cocky to be like, well, here's the set I'm gonna do on Letterman even though it's not worked out yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was, getting, I was getting that kind of confidence.
0: As a comic, I understand like that, right how terrible so, of an idea
2: that so could be. I did an even worse thing. If I, if I had a new, fresh idea, that at least if I had some passion behind it, yeah. I could sell that five minutes. But what it, I yeah. did, this horrible idea, <laughs> is I just took all the bits I hadn't done on TV yet oh, no. and tried to find a way to string them together. And if that wasn't bad enough... I don't mean to laugh, but I once, can, I've done that before. Once, once it stops, once you realize you're not going to have a good set, panic set in, and I couldn't really move my body. Oh, I was no. fucking... I had no control, dry mouth, the whole thing. Completely traumatic. It bothered me for years. It actually bothered me right up until today because I was talking to this therapist, and we're talking about these worst-case scenarios, like almost like death. It's like, and that's what you're worried about when you get on if you get nervous before you get on stage. You're kind of like, oh, that worst case scenario is going to happen again, somewhere in the back of your mind. Yeah. But what I realized was as horrible as that was, and as bad as I re- reacted to it, half of it was just how bad I reacted to it. Um that year, I started opening for daniel tosh and started working colleges and that was one of the best chunks of my career for like three or four years straight yeah was just like maybe the best moment of my career and it happened right after that and so in my mind it was always like oh i fucked up so bad that that fucked up my career but the truth is one of the sweetest spots of my career came right after that because it's unrelated because it's just one night yeah it's just, one fucking uh, night and that booker from the letterman show i see him around we're still cool and guess what there's no letterman show yeah doesn't even there's exist no fucking anymore. he doesn't have that job anymore
0: yeah nobody even so, watches late night anymore
2: so if we have to accept that the good things won't last we also have to accept that the bad things won't last yeah. and so that is not the the problem i see it is it's not the scar I think it was nobody's fucking thinking about it except for me. And if they are, they're not thinking about just that one night. They're just not, when they think of me, they're not thinking of that one night. That's true. It might, it might be part of it, but it's not the overall picture, but I have a tendency to be like, well, now I'm just doing a therapy session with you. I'm sorry, but yeah, that is, that is the, that is probably one of the worst nights. Also, I did a TV appearance where I just did not like my performance at all. And that's tough, too, because you can think of it as like it's your big moment.
1: Yeah.
0: But. Everyone's got a story like that. Well, And it's I have it to a lesser extent. And I I know I texted you about this when it happened. But middle of the pandemic, I take two different planes to get up to Dayton, Ohio, to do a show for my mom's pizza place that she owns. Like we're going to do a comedy show. I remember getting up there and it's like my whole family's there and I was just like, Oh, I'm going to like, I've been back into comedy. Like I'm comfortable in comedy now. Like I'm going to destroy this room. Right. And I bombed for 30 minutes in front of my entire family. And I, because I was so in my head about like, I have to do well, I have to do well. Yeah. And just bombed. And I was like, it's the middle of a pandemic. I flew two planes to get here, two planes to get home, took off of work, like did all these things. And it was, Like and I and I I think about it constantly, but nobody else cares. Like in in my mom's head, she was like, "That was one of the best nights ever. We sold the most food, and I laughed because you had a couple jokes about me, and that was it." And in my also don't
2: they also don't have the spectrum of laughter and what a comedy show is supposed to sound like. Yeah, that's true. So they don't know. Yeah, they yeah they get gets blown out of proportion when they see comedy on tv they're like all oh, comedy is fucking crazy and energetic <laughs> yeah the audience goes crazy but they also haven't seen as many shows as you have and they don't know that you don't like the show and they don't know that the audience isn't great yeah. here's something i find so interesting and my guard's up on family and friends coming to see me yeah i know because yeah. i've had so many experiences like that they always say don't worry we'll laugh But they fucking flip out when no one's laughing. They're like, they get tighter than you. Yeah. And they're not laughing. (laughs) Never. (laughs) They're they're more tense than you. You might even be okay with it. But they're like clenching their perches (laughs) like like fucking tight. They're like trying to control it with their mind. Please let this go well. And that's really is the audience can't be thinking that way. And the comedian can't be thinking that way. You got to you got to just like channel yeah that energy and be like an open vessel it's not even it's not even you in a way it's like the preparation is you and then the moment
0: is just
2: stop thinking
0: yeah it's just the moment just
2: let everything
0: happen yeah brought it's a- hard to
2: do it's very hard to do
0: yeah well we brought a full circle as uh, yes he does likes to say
2: yes i even made one of these <laughs> in the video
0: oh man well i really appreciate you doing it uh plug
1: a everything lot of fun. again I, I, oh I- yeah
2: well, check out my podcast, The Full Charge Power Hour. It's on ooh, iTunes. Ooh,
1: ooh.
2: And, uh, That's an old school. Uh, and I am going to be in Cleveland, Ohio on April 24th, the 1030 show. I'm so excited. I love this club. I love Cleveland. No bullshit. Beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been to Cleveland. It's, yeah, it's My like whole the, family's
0: from Ohio, so I've been like there. It's like the butt of all these jokes, but it's yeah. fucking cool. It's actually awesome, yeah. Yeah.
2: And... um yeah that's really that's really it right now
0: well again man i can't thank you enough uh thank you everyone for listening uh i almost said the full church power <laughs> thank hey. you everyone for listening right, give it to me i'll put it out to uh, brennan Tazev <laughs> is your ex drinking buddy um follow me on all social media at brennan t comedy subscribe rate and review check out the patreon page if you want to get the shows early and for the bonus episode every month and uh, we will talk to you all next week
1: beautiful we're out
0: Okay, so...